Hey, uh, we're glad you're here today. Thanks for showing up, getting to be in the park. It's always fun, or not the park, but getting to be outside, getting to do worship outside. It's always fun. It's always special. Um, man, I, I, like, 1 Corinthians, as we're going through it, like, every time, no matter what, uh, man, this word, what Paul wrote a long time ago, it's still relevant today, and we're going to see that right now. So if you guys got your Bibles, open up with me, 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 12. We're going to finish chapter 6 today. I promised my wife we would. She's like, you're still in chapter 6? I'm like, we're finishing it today. Next week, chapter 7, all right? Don't worry about it. Okay, verse 12. You say, and once again, here, here's Paul speaking to the church in Corinth. And the church in Corinth, it, it's not a lot different than the church here in Omaha, Nebraska, or in, you know, any, you name the city, you name the state, you name the country. The church today, the struggles that we have, the battles we're fighting, they don't look a lot different than they did thousands of years ago. You say, I am allowed to do anything, but not everything is good for you. And even though I am allowed to do anything, I must not become a slave to anything. You say, food was made for the stomach and the stomach for food. He, Paul is saying this to the church in Corinth. This was how they spoke. This is what they said. You say, this, he's calling them out here, food was made for the stomach and the stomach for food. This is true, though someday God will do away with both of them. But you can't say that our bodies were made for sexual immorality. They were made for the Lord, and the Lord cares about our bodies. And God will raise us from the dead by his power, just as he raised our Lord from the dead. Don't you realize that your bodies are actually parts of Christ? You, your physical body is a part of Christ, the church. Don't you realize that your bodies are actually parts of Christ? Should a man take his body which is a part of Christ, and join it to a prostitute. This was happening in Corinth. This is what the men were doing. They, they were saying, hey, we got grace, we're covered, we don't have to follow the law anymore. That, that's what they're saying here. Uh, go, go back up. You say, I am allowed to do anything. That, that's what grace was to them. They heard about grace, and they heard about forgiveness, and they said, I'm allowed to do anything. You know some believers like that right now. I mean, you might be a believer in that seat right now. Uh, I, I, I've been there in life where I've said, man, I'm, I'm covered by grace. Shoot, all right, I'm going to go do what I want. <laughs> like, this is great. I, I'm covered. Like, you know, as long as I just, you know, sometime, you know, maybe when I'm like 70 or 80, then I'll really get right with the Lord. You know, but right now, man, I, grace. Grace is my get-out-of-jail-free card, okay? And, and that's what they're doing. They are abusing his grace. I'm allowed to do anything. And so what they were doing in Corinth was the men were going and they were sleeping with prostitutes. Don't you realize that your bodies are actually a part of Christ? Should a man take his body, which is part of Christ, and join it to a prostitute? Never. And don't you realize that if a man joins himself to a prostitute, he becomes one body with her. For the scriptures say the two are united into one, but the person who is joined to the Lord is one spirit with him. Run from sexual sin. No other sin so clearly affects the body as this one does. 
For sexual immorality is a sin against your own body. Don't you realize that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who lives in you and was given to you by God? You do not belong to yourself. Or another way that's said, a different version, you are not your own. Or another way that's said in our culture today, it's not your body, your choice. That's a hard one. I know, I know. Here we go. Like I said, when Paul talks to the church 2,000 years ago, he's still talking to the church today. He's still speaking the truth. Don't you realize that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who lives in you and was given to you by God? You do not belong to yourself. For God bought you with a high price, so you must honor God with your body. Everything going on on Friday has just been weighing on me because as a pastor, I have, we have people in our house that are divided at this time. And Satan wants to come in and he, man, he, he wants the church to split. Not just here, but all across the world. He wants to split the church over what's going on and what happened on Friday. That's what he wants to do. That, the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. He wants to use Friday to destroy the church. He tried to use Friday to destroy the church 2,000 years ago, but what happened on Sunday? What happened on Sunday? Okay? We aren't, we aren't going to let what happened Friday split and kill the church. It, it's heavy on me because in one sense, man, what happened is good. But in another sense, I can see there's a lot of people carrying some hurt and some baggage and some wounds today. And, and what the enemy wants to do is to make you think what you saw that person post on Friday, whether it was for it or against it, the enemy wants to make you think that that person is the enemy. Because he doesn't want you to look and know that it's him at work. He doesn't want you to know who the real enemy is. The enemy is not flesh and blood. Okay? Your brothers and sisters in the church, they're not the enemy. Whether they posted something for it or against it, whether you agreed or disagreed, they're not the enemy. And it feels like I just had to talk about this, you know, a month ago or a month and a half ago, and we were right here in this place, and God's brought us right back here to this place to have this conversation again. Test and discern everything by the Word of God. Test and discern everything by truth. Go back with me here. Because when Paul, when Paul is writing, you start to see he references the Old Testament prophets often. He was very familiar with the books of Isaiah and Jeremiah. Specifically, he, I mean, he goes and he quotes Isaiah and Jeremiah often. Go back to Isaiah chapter 6, or chapter 64, verse 8. And yet, O oh Lord, you are our father. We are the clay and you are the potter. We are all formed by your hand. We, okay, just catch that really quick. We, are, are we the potter or are, the, are we the clay? We're the clay. Okay, hold on to that, hold on to that. Now go to Jeremiah 18. Flip over, Jeremiah is right after Isaiah. 
Jeremiah 18, verse 1. The Lord gave another message to Jeremiah. He said, go down to the potter's shop. Jeremiah actually did this. He physically, he went down to the potter's shop where he lived. And I will speak to you there. So I did as he told me. This is Jeremiah speaking. And found the potter working at his wheel. But the jar he was making did not turn out as he had hoped. So he crushed it into a lump of clay again and started over. Then the Lord gave me this message. O Israel, can I not do to you as this potter has done to this clay? As the clay is in the potter's hand, so are you in my hand. We're the clay. He's the potter. We might not always like or feel good about what he says in his word because we hear something else in the world. And man, the world is good at making it seem like they got the truth and they got the right answers and they know what's right from wrong. But what has Satan been doing from the very beginning? He's been manipulating the message. He's been distorting the truth. And so you might feel like this is right, but our feelings are not the Holy Spirit. We talked about this last week. Our feelings do not define truth. Just because you feel something, okay, there's some days, like, I might look at Andrew and I'll be like, man, I feel like you need a haircut. Well, that's not his truth. That ain't his truth. That's my truth. Whose truth is right? Neither. The Lord's, all right? The Lord's. I love your hair. I love your hair, man. Shoot. Our feelings are not the truth. All we have to stand on to discern in this world, because there's a lot of messages being thrown our way, all we have is this. All we have is his word. And so go back to the word, because this is where the church builds its foundation. Not on our feelings, not on our emotions. Choices lead, feelings follow. You might not feel good about something right now, but you choose to go to the word of the Lord. And all of a sudden, you choose to read it, and you choose to let it carve you up like a knife, because that's what the potter does with the clay, right? You ever seen that? Sometimes, you know, they'll put that clay on a wheel, but then sometimes they also got a little knife, and they'll kind of, they'll start carving and etching and, and shaping you the way they want you to look. The clay doesn't get a hold of the knife. That's his word in our lives. We are the clay, and sometimes it carves us up in uncomfortable ways, in ways that we don't feel good about. But he's the potter. So I, as I'm sorting through everything on Friday and, and how do we approach this as a church, I, I want you to know, man, like, the, the burden is heavy, because I, I, on one hand, this is something that a lot of people have been praying for for a long time. The church has been praying for for a long time. But on the other hand, there's people that are hurting and wounded because they have a heart for mothers. And I want you to say, we have a heart for mothers. In fact, I, we got a financial team meeting coming up. And when our financial team meets, we meet quarterly, uh, we talk about where are our missions going to go this quarter? And so one of the things that has been on my heart since Friday is, man, let, let's find some crisis pregnancy center that is doing work helping women that are in these situations, and they feel like they have no options, they feel alone, they feel shamed. 
They feel like they don't know where to turn. And, and, and let's invest in that. Because I, I really believe that's something that lines up with the heart of the Father. We know that's true. Help the orphans, help the widows. That, that's his heart. And so as a church, that's something we're going to make sure that we invest in. Because we, we, we don't care about celebrating some victory on Friday and then forgetting that there's still work to do on Sunday and Monday and Tuesday. There's work to be done in the kingdom to bring heaven to earth. And he's called us to that. We want the church to be a place where it doesn't matter what you're going through, what you're facing. His truth and his grace is for everyone. Romans 9, verse 19. I told you, Paul knows Isaiah and Jeremiah well. You see it here in his writings. In Romans 9, verse 19, well, then you might say, why does God blame people for not responding? Haven't they simply done what he makes them do? No, don't say that. Who are you, a mere human, to argue with God? Who are you, a mere human, to argue with God? That's why I say, like, as the church, we just go to the word. We're not going to fight him on it. We're not going to argue with him on it. If this is what his word says, we're going to go with that. Who are you, a mere human being, to argue with God? Should the thing that was created say to the one who created it, why have you made me like this? When a potter makes jars out of clay, doesn't he have a right to use the same lump of clay to make one jar for decoration and another to throw garbage into? In the same way, even though God has the right to show his anger and his power, he is very patient. Well, he's very patient. And there's people you're angry with right now. Our heart needs to emulate the heart of the Father. There's people you're frustrated with. There's people that you are angry with, and you haven't even had a conversation with them you just saw one thing they posted on Facebook or Instagram, and now you hate them. Like, you're mad, you're angry. You're like, they're, they're going to hell, or they're terrible. Whatever. You've made, you've condemned them in your heart. The Father is patient with those on whom his anger falls, who are destined for destruction. He does this to make the riches of his glory shine even brighter on those to whom he shows mercy, who were prepared in advance for glory. And we are among those whom he selected, both from the Jews and from the Gentiles. Back to Jeremiah 23. I keep going back often to Jeremiah and Isaiah. Because what they spoke to God's people thousands of years ago, he still is speaking to us today. Jeremiah 23, verse 11. Even the priests and the prophets are ungodly, wicked men. 
Even the priests and the prophets are ungodly, wicked men. Sometimes we see that in our culture today, right? We still see that today. There's preachers and pastors and priests and prophets that we look at and we say, man, they are ungodly. They are wicked men. I have seen their despicable acts right here in my own temple, says the Lord. Therefore, the paths they take will become slippery. They will be chased through the dark, and there they will fall, for I will bring disaster upon them at the time fixed for their punishment. I, the Lord, have spoken. I saw that the prophets of Samaria were terribly evil, for they prophesied in the name of Baal and led my people of Israel into sin. But now I see the prophets of Jerusalem are even worse. They commit adultery and love dishonesty. They encourage those who are doing evil so that no one turns away from their sins. These prophets are so wicked as the people of Sodom and Gomorrah once were. Therefore, this is what the Lord of Heaven's army says concerning the prophets. I will feed them with bitterness and give them poison to drink, for it is because of Jerusalem's prophets that wickedness has filled this land. It's because of Jerusalem's prophets that wickedness has filled this land. This is what the Lord of heaven's army says to his people. Do not listen to these prophets when they prophesy to you, filling you with futile hopes. They're making up everything they say. They do not speak for the Lord. They keep saying to those who despise my word, don't worry, the Lord says you'll have peace. And to those who stubbornly follow their own desires, they say no harm will come your way. Man, if you... If you ever feel like you're at a church that is saying something that lines up with everything the world is saying, you might not be at a church. If you're ever in a church and they don't tell you something from God's word that lines up and convicts you to the point of repentance, I will tell you that's not a church, that's a social club. That's what it is. And that goes for each and every one of us in here, because right now, there's some of you, you think, oh man, I got the right view on this thing, so I'm good, I'm golden. Yeah, you might have the right view on that thing, but you've hated your brother or sister. You haven't been patient or kind with your brother or sister. You haven't forgiven your brother or sister. Both are guilty. We talked about this last week. There's these different sins that we kind of think, oh, this is worse than this. This is way more evil than this. No, 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 no. It's sin. It breaks his word. We are all sinners who must repent. That's what happened here. That's the difference between the true priests and prophets of God and these priests and prophets that spoke what the people wanted to hear. There was no repentance in them. They had put the truth to the side and they said, everybody's okay, everybody's good. We all end up in the same place someday. No, no, no. We're sinners saved by grace. Repent and turn back to him. Repent, revive and thrive. Jeremiah 23 again. He's not done speaking to us. Don't worry, the Lord says, you will have peace, and to those who stubbornly follow their own desires, they say, no harm will come your way. Have any of these prophets been in the Lord's presence to hear what he's really saying? Has even one of them cared enough to listen? Look, the Lord's anger bursts out like a storm, a whirlwind that swirls down on the heads of the wicked. The anger of the Lord will not diminish until it has finished all he has planned in the days to come. You will understand all this very clearly. I have not sent these prophets, yet they run around claiming to speak for me. 
You can find plenty of prophets and preachers that will say things that will itch your ears. That they'll scratch the place in your mind and your heart and your feelings that you once scratched. And you'll say, that feels good. He didn't send them. I've given them no message that they go on prophesying. If they had stood before me and listened to me, they would have spoken my words and they would have turned my people from their evil ways and deeds. Am I a God who is only close at hand, says the Lord? No, I am far away at the same time. Can anyone hide from me in a secret place? Am I not everywhere in all the heavens and on the earth, says the Lord? I've heard these prophets say, listen to the dream I had from God last night. And then they proceed to tell lies in my name. How long will this go on? If they are prophets, they are prophets of deceit, inventing everything they say. By telling these false dreams, they are trying to get my people to forget me just as their ancestors did by worshiping the idols of Baal. Let these false prophets tell their dreams, but let my true messengers faithfully proclaim my every word. There's a difference between straw and grain. Let my true messengers faithfully proclaim my every word. Church, that's what we're supposed to do. Faithfully proclaim his every word. That's the difference between straw and grain. Does not my word burn like fire, says the Lord? Is it not like a mighty hammer that smashes a rock to pieces? We feel that some Sundays, right? Some Sundays more than others, but there's Sundays when you've been here at Revival or you've been at another church or you've been at some conference and you've heard the word of the Lord spoken and it burned like a fire. And sometimes if you touch a fire, it hurts, right? It doesn't always feel good. And it's like a hammer smashing a rock to pieces. Uh, in Ezekiel, he talks about the heart of stone breaking. That's what God's word does. We have a heart of stone, and he is breaking it. That's what his Holy Spirit is doing right now in this room. He is moving and breaking some hard pieces that have been there for a long time. And he is realigning us with his word, with his truth. That's what he wants to do. When I played baseball, uh, I played in the outfield and I loved making diving catches. Like, I, I don't know, I just, I loved it. And I remember in practice, like it was my junior season and I was, Man, I, I just thought, this is my year. Like, I, I, I knew it. Like, I, I was hitting good. I was fielding good. Like, everything was going great. And I remember in practice, I was running for a ball that the coach had hit, and I dove to catch it. And I, and I landed right on my thumb with my glove on, and uh, I, I caught it. Don't worry. You know, but, but when I came up, my thumb felt wrong, and I pulled my glove off, and my thumb was at a 90-degree angle, like this top part pointing that way. And I, I went over to my coach. I said, Coach, this doesn't look right. And he said, oh, yeah, you just got to pop that back in place. I'm like, what, what if it's broken? He's like, ah, it ain't broken. Like, you're fine. A couple weeks later, it was broken, all right? So he, he told me, just bite down on your glove and just pop it back in. I'm like, can you do it? He's like, nope, you got to do it. I'm like, this isn't going to feel good. And so I grab it, and I pop it back into alignment. It doesn't feel good. I, I screamed, all right? I'm not, I'm not too proud to tell you. I screamed. It was painful, I popped that thing back into alignment, and it hurt, but it started to heal. He wants to pop some of you back into alignment today. He wants to pop some of us back into alignment with his word today. And so right now, this is for everybody. Let him speak to you. 
Not Alex, not Andrew, not anybody else. Let his Holy Spirit speak to you and ask him in this moment of worship. Band, let's invite you back up. As we get ready to worship here in this moment, ask him to realign you, and it's going to hurt. And there's going to be things you're going to have to let go of that you had thought or you'd believed for years of your life. And he's asking you right now to get realigned with his word because it's truth and it's grace. Does not my word burn like fire, says the Lord? Is it not like a mighty hammer that smashes a rock to pieces? Therefore, says the Lord, I am against these prophets who steal messages from each other and claim they are from me. I am against these smooth-tongued prophets who say, this prophecy is from the Lord. I am against these false prophets. Their imaginary dreams are flagrant lies that lead my people into sin. I did not send or appoint them, and they have no message at all for my people. I, the Lord, have spoken. Back in 1 Corinthians. I mean, 1 Corinthians 6, 12 through 20. I, I told Steph I was going to be done this week, but I could probably go a whole month on this. Because I didn't nearly touch enough on what God wants to speak to you from this. But verse 18, when he says, run from sexual sin, no other sin so clearly affects the body as this one. For sexual morality is a sin against your own body. Don't you realize that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who lives in you and was given to you by God, the potter? He formed you in your mother's womb. He, he created sex as this amazing gift to be shared between husband and wife. And what had people done with grace? They, they had cheapened sex and said, oh, we, we can do whatever we want because we're forgiven, and so we can go and get it over here and over here and over here. And we've cheapened what God has created. We've dishonored God's creation. Don't you realize that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who lives in you and was given to you by God? You do not belong to yourself. You are not your own. We are not our own anymore. In Christ, we have been united with him. We are now temples of the Holy Spirit living within us. You're not your own. You're his. And so that means now we don't align ourselves with the world. We align ourselves with his word. Ask him in this moment, God, what do you want to realign in my life? What do you want to realign in my heart? Let's pray. Let's stand up as we pray. God, thank you for this moment that you're speaking and moving. Holy Spirit, speak directly to us. We know you can. We know you do. We know you have something for us in this moment, each and every person right here. 
realign our hearts with you, Father. Help us to love those who are hurting. Help us to love those who are lost. Help, those, help us to love those who feel shame and condemnation. Help us to love those who are struggling with spiritual pride. Help us to call. Help us to call it out when we see it. To be honest. To be truthful. To let iron sharpen iron in your kingdom. And let us realign with your word and not the world. In your name we pray. Amen.